Welcome to Coming Out of the Spiritual Closet with your host, me, Brittany Wittig. Join me every week to explore and demystify the world of modern spirituality. Welcome back, everyone. I am so thrilled to share this week's episode with you. This week, I interviewed Andrew Rowe. Andrew is a limiting belief transformer who uses a variety of modalities to help his clients uncover their subconscious belief systems so that they can transform their lives. Andrew covers so much interesting information in this interview, and as I recorded this interview, I actually felt myself recognize and shift some of my own limiting beliefs. I'm sure that's going to happen for you as well as you listen. So let me go ahead and introduce Andrew. All right, Andrew, welcome to the show. I'm so happy to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on to talk with us. Thank you so much for having me. And right off the bat, the first thing that I want to ask you about is just what did your spiritual journey look like? For me, it was like a very traditional awakening, but it, you know, I know it varies across the board. So what was it like for you? Getting yeah, into mine this was realm? maybe pretty untraditional. Yeah, I, where do I even start? I guess my spiritual awakening started um, because of drugs, actually. I had a drug-induced psychosis, which was also Mm. like my spiritual awakening as well. And so I was taking a lot of ketamine at the time, escaping a lot of things within myself, uh, being gay and not wanting to be gay and not wanting to Mm. be... um, I guess, be me. And ketamine was like a really great way of doing that because it was just like sedated me all the time. And then what happened was I started doing more and more drugs, like had loads of like really expansive experiences. Um, It was really amazing. And then like anything, you know, once you move too much into something and it gets imbalanced, that's when the shadow starts to show up. And um, the shadow started showing up quite strongly around... I guess it just was like I started to see auras. Um, I started to see like people very much in a polarity, in a duality. Where they were either good or bad. And then that kind of turned into me thinking I was good or bad. And then having this thing around angels and demons. Very like very, very religious programming coming through. Um, and then like being convinced that I was evil. And so I was like really 100% convinced that I was bad, that I was a demon or that a demon had taken over me or I was evil. And I really honestly think I went and not to scare the listeners at all, because, you know, this probably sounds a bit scary, but um, to hell and back. And I think the version of hell and hell doesn't exist. It's an illusion. I hope everyone understands that. And I'm not promoting any forms of duality. I'm just saying that my version of hell was my mind, like basically losing my mind, Mm. completely losing my mind um, and losing my light and thinking my soul was taken away and all these things. So um, I went on this journey uh, and started to question this to see how true it was. And that's kind of how my spiritual awakening really happened was I started to look for answers to prove that I was a good person, um, to prove that, you know, I wasn't bad and whatever. And so uh, I started doing yoga and then meditation and I did 
Um, there's a thing called the Camino de Santiago, which is a very long walk from <laughs> Hawaii. I'm going, to, I'm going to walk that in the spring. Stop it. Amazing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It's so nice. Yeah. I, so, love, I love that. That's so cool. Go on. <laughs> yeah. So I walked it uh, six years ago, I think. Um, and I walked yeah. from the south of France all the way to the edge of Spain. Um, and that was a really big moment for me because I was on my own. I was away from my partner. It was all really insular around my experience and also my reflection of what people saw within me. And I finally was like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe I'm not bad. Maybe I'm not evil. Maybe I'm not all of these things that I keep telling myself. And it just kind of continued from there, got into angel cards, oracle cards, and then started to just deconstruct my understanding of what is good and what is bad and why do I think I'm evil and starting to like go back into my childhood and understanding that there was so much, again, religious programming, very, very deeply yeah. religious programming. And for anyone who's listening, if you believe in past lives, I had a lot of past lives within, like I was a crusader. I had loads of religious programming, like even because it didn't even make sense. Like my mom was Catholic, but I didn't grow up super Catholic. Oh, okay. Yet I was acting like my belief systems were like as if I was, I don't know, indoctrinated by, <laughs> by, a, yeah. I don't know. It was just, it was, it was pretty wild. And so wow. it just, it just brought me on this journey and I started doing Reiki uh, and the Reiki kind of woke me up even more and showed me, oh, okay, maybe I'm not a bad person. And every bit we started to chip away at this illusion that I created in my mind to being like, actually, wait, we're all good. And there's no such thing as a bad person. It's just we make decisions. There are things that we do that are maybe not the right things. I didn't do any bad things, right? <laughs> but in my head, I had convinced myself that I had. Um, and then, yeah, went down different modalities. And here I am, sat down talking to you about this. <laughs> wow, that is so fascinating. That is a really interesting journey. So it's interesting you bring up past lives and your experience with these past lives that you discovered last week I did an episode all about past lives and interviewed a past life healer and she talked about one of the things she mentioned and I just I want to ask you about this since that came up um she talked about how we will recreate past life trauma in this current life in order to heal it yeah. do you feel like some of this experience was healing that religious past life trauma oh uh, absolutely 100 percent. and and so you know i chose to incarnate as a gay man um there's a very specific mm. thing around that and around the religious aspect of that as well and wow. if you look into the crusaders and the the type where i came from in the crusaders they were like um like a brotherhood right and mm. they were okay. like absent from sex they were all men together it was a very intense environment and actually what i tapped into in this past life was i was gay but i was in this environment and i was in love with this elder man like someone who i who i saw um, was somehow better than me but like you know more superior to me that was so interesting that it came into this because there was a lot of shame around that that I had to release within this life so I definitely a hundred percent believe that our past lives if they haven't been resolved if the lesson hasn't been learned we then bring it into this life and a lot of my clients a lot of their biggest shifts when they have the biggest like like shifts in their business or within their lives it's because actually 
we've tapped into a past life that they're holding on to that they needed to just bring back to light to see what the lesson was that they were trying to learn in order to release it. And then when they did that, then they would have huge shifts in their life because that's actually holding such a strong energy because it's like something that you're constantly trying to learn, but you're, you still haven't learned it. Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, that's so fascinating. It's interesting. I think that so often people will wonder like, why do I keep... Why does this keep repeating in my life? Why does this cycle keep repeating? And it's, you know, this is yeah. some explanation for that. Yeah. I'm and really then sometimes, to heal it. sometimes you might have something that happens and you're like, I just don't understand why I have such bad, I don't believe in bad luck, but why I'm so unfortunate when it comes to um, men and why, why my relationships are always bad. Mm. Like, and then you look, okay, so maybe I didn't have a good relationship with my father or whatever, or um, maybe my parents like divorced, but it could even be deeper than that. Mm. You could have like a huge deep resentment towards men because you were, your power was taken away from you when in a past life. And so now you just got like this total rejection of all men. This is just very heteronormative that I'm using, but it can be a woman as well or non-binary. Sure. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that's so, that is really interesting. Um, so that, I mean, that kind of brings me right into my next big question, which is, what do you do, Andrew? Tell us about it. <laughs> yeah, good question. Uh, what do I do? I, um, I help people with their limiting beliefs. So my clients will okay. come see me and they'll be like, oh, I'm struggling with money. Or I'm struggling with relationships. I'm struggling. I work a lot with self-esteem. And I help them identify what belief they created when they were children around this, right? So maybe they were like, they decided that they'll never be good enough because their father gave them um, some kind of, uh, they had to reach a certain height and they could never reach it, right? They were never like mm. praised enough, right? So then they started believing that they were never good enough. And so I help them identify where that comes from in, within their childhood, help them un understand like what they're gaining from it and what the lessons are. Because the unconscious is only unconscious because the light of our awareness hasn't been shone onto it. Mm -hmm. And as soon as we bring this to the conscious, immediately, of course, awareness is brought onto it and things just automatically, that's the beginning, things just start to release because you're like, all oh, right, okay, so I'm being driven and motivated by believing I'm not good enough. Well, I don't know if I really wanna be driven and motivated from that perspective, right? And so when we find these, what is known as a bottom belief, I always get my clients to muscle test it, which is a form of kinesiology. They use it in nutrition and it's basically, some people use pendulums. Here you just use your energetic frequency within your body. So when you say yes, you move forwards. When you say no, you move backwards. And so I can tell my client, this is the belief system, but then when they see it with their own eyes, when they mm. muscle test it and when they actually can, they like, physically feel it in their body they're like oh right okay yeah this is obviously something i need to work on and shift right so okay. that's essentially what i do i get them to to understand shift that and then i i take them through a, a meditation and i go into a bit of a trance and i hear messages that need to be given to them in order for them to shift 
the belief system and to shift the energy that's within it. So it might be around like inner child. It might be uh, some stuff that needs to happen with their parents and visualization. It might be just some more energy body work. It really depends on what's happening. But that's mm. essentially what goes on. And then at the end, you know, they come down and they muscle test and nine times out of 10, the, the, the belief has changed. And if the belief hasn't changed, the session doesn't end until the belief has changed. So it's oh, a very powerful way of really like shifting this deep, deep energy blocks that we have within ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. Because our belief systems create our reality. Mm. And if you can change your belief system around money, around your self-worth, around relationships, you know, around safety, security, visibility, if you can change that, you then start moving into a more whole expression of who you truly are, which is limitless because you're a limitless being of light. And then you're functioning at a much higher vibration, which means then you become an energetic match for better things in your life. But also you can serve others because you have released the crap that's preventing you from doing so. Wow. Okay, <laughs> that's amazing. So you were talking about limiting beliefs and yeah. the unconscious and childhood, right? So yeah. do most of these form in childhood? Yeah. Yeah, and definitely. That... From the ages of zero to seven is probably when you'll have most of your beliefs that form. You then have obviously beliefs can happen from the ages of eight onwards of course they can you know if you've had a traumatic experience that happened when you were 12 you're going to create a belief system but from the ages of zero to seven our minds are so malleable and we become so um, impressionable by our environment that that's when we start to make beliefs the strongest so if you haven't been loved by your parents rather than being able to have the logical mind to be like my parents don't love themselves therefore they can't love me you immediately think there's something wrong with me it's the god complex we see our parents as god so i can't see these two figures who feed me who look after me and keep me alive as right. broken or not perfect so i need to then reflect that back onto me and so that's why we then create those belief systems as a protective mechanism mostly. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So our limiting beliefs, you said they create our reality or our belief system creates our reality. Yeah. Tell me a little more about that. So beliefs create thoughts, thoughts create feelings, feelings create emotion. Emotion mm -hmm. is energy in motion, right? So your emotion is what is really actually governing a lot of uh, how your life is playing out. So if you're in the emotion of sadness, if you're in the emotion of despair or of anxiety, you're going to be reflecting that back towards you because that's the energy that the the universe can understand. It just understands energy, right? So right. if you change your belief system around your self-worth, your thoughts change around your self-worth. So you don't think that you're, you're worthless. You don't think that you're not good enough. And because you don't have those thoughts anymore, you then stop that pattern from happening. And then you start to shift it and being like, I am good enough. What does that make you feel? It makes me feel good. It makes me feel happy. And then, and then you become, uh, that's how you basically like raise your vibration. So that's, essentially how beliefs kind of can create your reality but beliefs don't only come from our childhood right so beliefs can come ancestrally 
depending on what where you come from, what you've experienced, you might be holding on to beliefs around that. You can be holding on to beliefs around your past lives, like we had just spoken to before, right? Yeah. I had a belief, like we were talking about me being a crusader. I had a belief I need to kill in the name of God. Like it was wild. When I muscle tested that and it was a yes, I was like, what? Whoa. Like it, it's like, it doesn't yeah. even make sense. But it's wow. like, okay, great. We figured this out. Now we need to, we need to shift that. Um, and then you can have beliefs on the collective consciousness. So like what, what is going on around the world at the moment and the collective consciousness around that and our belief systems around that. So around like maybe I'm not a doctor and I'm not claiming anything, but I do say that dis-ease starts within our body and that we can regulate a lot of our difficulties within our body through our belief systems and through how we view the world. And if you've been programmed to believe that, like, if you have you have diabetes and you'll never be able to shift it, that's a belief system, right? And so right. you want to start to question all of these belief systems, like, are they the highest truth? Are they actually the highest truth? Wow. Oh, that's so interesting. I love the way that you are framing belief systems and limiting beliefs. Like this is a topic that I've read quite a bit about, but the way that you're framing it feels more empowering than the way I've often heard this discussed. You're making it sound like limiting beliefs can be transformed with maybe not as much struggle as I uh, imagined. Like I've imagined this to be an extremely difficult like dig digging and suffering sort of process which is probably one of my limiting beliefs yeah there you go (laughs) there we go but the way that you're framing this is so interesting because it's like you can shift the way what you believe to be true about the world and then see your world change right in front of you absolutely and so you know if you think about it when you're a child How quick were you to make that belief? It was a blink of the eye. It was a decision that you made. So what's stopping you from being able to change that belief like that? Think about it, right? Why do we have to suffer in order to grow? This is all belief systems that have been passed down to us through religion, through like, you know, society that we need to struggle. But who says, where is the book that says, I need to suffer in order to grow. I need to struggle in order to grow. Why can't it be easy? Yeah, It need, it can be easy and it makes more sense for it to be easy because when it's easy, it means you can shift, you can raise your vibration quicker and then you can help humanity quicker as well. So why would the universe, yes. God, Allah, love, whatever you want to call it, why would it then be like, no, actually, I'm going to make it really hard for you. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. Yes. Uh, no, it doesn't absolutely. Make sense. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. No, it really doesn't. So the thing that also comes up as you're talking about this is this saying that I hear all the time in the spiritual community that change always starts with you, right? So the change, be the change you want to see in the world, which I appreciate that statement, but I feel like this conversation puts an even deeper meaning to that, right? Mm. So if, what you're saying is we create the reality around us based on our belief system. That must be on a collective level as well, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. The reason where we are right now on in this world, in 
duality and this real deep sense of duality with opposing sides with the media and then you know the non-media and everything that's going on like it's not the ultimate truth we can get lost in the story we can get lost in the fear we can get lost in everything but it, the reason it's here is because we haven't reached a stage within ourselves where we're able to just be like I love you for you. I love you for you. I won't judge you and I won't judge you. It's like we need to fight. We need to battle. We need to believe that there is a fight going on. Whatever is going on, it really, on the highest truth, does not matter. What really matters is love and that we bring in even more love in everything that we do to everyone and especially those who are struggling so much, who are really in that energy of fight and hate and anger and, you know, spreading so much viciousness and fear. They just really need love. And they're being confused by their environment, thinking that what they're doing is the right thing, but actually they're not. They're, they're, take, they're causing more fear on right. both sides, right? We're not, right. and it's like oh, not yeah. taking the side of, the media and I'm not taking the side of the people who are in um, I guess the word is conspiracy theories what is seen as conspiracy theories I'm not taking either one's sides because right. both have value and maybe if we were able to communicate more with each other and listen to each other but we're not at that stage and so as you said our belief systems at the moment in this world is duality is mm. good versus evil is the rich are taking advantage of the poor you know, is all of this stuff, right? So what is going to be reflected out to us is exactly that. Yeah. You see what I mean? So yeah, oh, absolutely. Herein lies the problem. The people who are making a lot of money, who, who do have a sense of control through, you know, globalization, through commercialization of things. Yes, there is that we are controlled in that sense. It does not benefit them monetary wise for us to wake up because then then they don't become the powerful anymore right so they're going through their own change as well they're trying to understand power and when they reincarnate they'll reincarnate in a different thing and understand that like oh actually i abused my power and my money so it's this balance like they need to start to learn but i really do feel like there's so much expansion and shifts going on yes even on a deeper level and even with people who hold a lot of power there's shifts going on in them as well and we just have to just trust just trust yeah just trust the flow just trust the universe knows exactly what it's doing yeah well and it's such it's such an interesting point you make because really what you're talking about these like limiting beliefs and shifting limiting beliefs what you're really talking about is taking full power in your own existence right yeah so it's like true, this is like true empowerment, yeah. actual, like giving yourself complete power. Like I choose, I would like to choose to believe the world is this way. How do I shift what my subconscious already believes so that I can believe the world is this certain way that I want it to be and then actually see it, right? And then like, see it and have that yeah. reflected back at you. Yeah. Yeah. That's amazing to, to know that we have that ability, that each one of us has that ability in our own life. We just have to make the choice to do the work. We have basically. to make the choice to do the work and we have to let go of the belief that it's going to be hard and that it's going to take a long time. 
And I think that's yeah. the main thing is a lot of people are like, oh, you know what? It's it's too hard work. Like, I'm never going to change my self-worth. And, you know, I had a, mm-hmm. a client who came to see me and she had like really, really deep, deep, deep trauma. And she came to see me for four sessions. And just what she said after was like she was able to go to college when she was never able to like leave her house, that wow. she feels so much more comfortable in her body, that she feels so much happier. And of course, it will fluctuate. But the fact yeah. that she got to that point just shows herself that, OK, I can overcome this. I can move out of this. We are not set in stone. Mm. It's neuroplasticity. Like we are able to change. Yes, after the age of 30 um, five, I think it is. Um, the brain is harder to change, but it doesn't mean it's impossible. You know, sure. I had like a. I'm working with a sixty. I'd say she's sixty-four years old, and you know we've had like twelve sessions, and she's doing another round of twelve sessions, and we're just shifting, shifting, shifting. It's possible wow. if you believe that it's possible. It's possible, but you need to have that want to change. You know, you can bring mm. a horse to the water, but you're not going to get it to drink. Yes. You know, I've had an an experience recently. I recently had the realization, and I've talked about this a little bit on my Instagram, but I I recently had the realization that that I was believing all of this, all of this stuff about money that was making it impossible for me to get past a certain income level, right? right? And it just suddenly dawned on me like, oh, wait, this, this is, is this true? Like, is what I'm telling myself actually true? Like, wait a second. And so it's so interesting. This conversation feels very synchronous because I have just recently gotten into this work where it's like, I'm actually looking at what I believe about money and what I believe about people who have a lot of money. You know, obviously if you, if you, and I, I'm bringing this up because I think a lot of people like money is a thing, right? Like money, people have a lot of limiting beliefs around money. I know that I do. I'm working on them. But like, if if you believe that rich people are mean and bad, for instance, like if that's something you believe, you are not going to ever let yourself make a lot of money because you don't want to be a mean, bad person. That's exactly right. Exactly right. And when you start to really become the excavator of your life, become Mm. the detective of your life and start to question and be inquisitive, you start to realize actually, wait, is this true? Like, are all rich people evil? (laughs) No, I'm pretty sure there's a lot of rich people out there who are really good and doing a lot of good in this world. So why do we focus all our energy on that? Oh, because it gives us something. And it's actually links to this feeling of, being addicted to the chemical release that happens in your body so when we get angry right there's this feeling that comes through our body so it's it's easy to be angry at the rich people rather than to look at all the positive stuff because it's a bit boring and that's actually the thing that people get addicted to that energy that anger that 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 thing that comes out of it right but yeah exactly you you know if you you say oh okay your money is the root of all evil or Um, you're never going to fucking make, sorry, I swear. You're never oh, no, gonna it's make, okay. <laughs> you're never going to make any money. Like you're right. not because your body is literally going to say, no, I don't yeah. want to make money. And actually, right. I shifted all of my money beliefs, like bam, 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 bam. And, you know, I'm making a really good income out of my business. And it really is about just 
it's it's about lots of different factors like trust, surrender, but also like money is a very, very powerful energy. And when mm -hmm. we start to harness that energy and understand that it's just energy, it yeah. is literally like this glass of water. That's what money is. Yeah. It's just energy. But we add so much importance to it when we start to see it as energy and we're able to start to like master it and play with it. You start to realize, mm -hmm. actually, yes, it can work for my benefit, just like love just like joy, yeah. just like happiness, you know what I mean? Rather than yeah. being like, oh my God, it's like, it's, it's, it's like almost untouchable or, you know, if you create something that's <laughs> untouchable, then right. you, you've created a, a hierarchy that somehow like money is better than you and you're never going to be able to reach it. Yes. Yeah. We attach so many beliefs to money and it, that's exactly, it's actually a neutral, a neutral resource but it's all of these things that we attach to it that make it very complicated. All of these beliefs that we have around it. And I'm just going to just throw in one of these because this is a, a really good belief that I helped one of my clients figure out around debt. If anyone's listening who do have debt within their business or, or whatever, start to look at like, does debt give you drive and motivation? Do you feel like you need to be in debt in order to be successful because there's some people that feel like oh I need to I need to hit right at the bottom in order to like give myself that motivation that drive to push myself back at the top and then I'm going to hit back to the bottom to push myself back at the top right so right. I just invite the listeners just to be if you do have any debt just to start looking at like how how is debt serving me in my life? Like, why am I choosing to bring in debt? Do I get attention? Do I get to have money from my parents and otherwise my parents don't talk to me? You know what I mean? Like we have to like yeah. look at all the different avenues and be honest with ourselves. Like yeah. be honest that, that everything, single thing we have is serving us. And like when you start to really see it from that perspective, you'd start to detach yourself and you don't be involved so much in the story and you're just like, okay, right, this is how it's serving me. I want to shift this. Yeah, I just want to throw that in. <laughs> yeah, no, that's great. That's great. It's making me realize in this conversation that really literally everything, just about everything in our life is, is the result of a belief. If someone feels like I need to hit a certain level of debt to motivate me, this will motivate me to work harder. That's a belief someone could just as easily believe I never ever have debt because I work better when I never have debt mm -hmm. or, you know, I'm realizing how, how much these beliefs are just everywhere in our everywhere, experience. everywhere. And when yeah. you start to become the excavator of your life, you start to really notice them. So like, for example, maybe I need validation from others to feel worthy. And it's like, well, look, do you need validation from others? You know, can people who are like, you know, Buddhist monks who end up like meditating for ages and have no one around them, they have no validation, but they still feel pretty worthy. So you start right. to just question it. It's like, where is this coming from? Oh, okay, so it's coming from when I was a kid. And the only way I got love with from my parents was, you know, doing good work or whatever, you know, so we start yeah. to just to look at that. But the most important thing I would say is, we start to take ownership of our beliefs and of our life. Even if we've had a really difficult life growing up, we take ownership that on some level we chose that because of souls we incarnated and we chose to experience that, yeah. but also that we chose to make that belief. No one forced us to have that belief. 
You know, right. when you look at siblings, two siblings will have completely different belief systems because yes. they just see the world differently, right? So when we start to really take ownership of that and be like, okay, right, I chose to have this belief. Yes, it's because my father was X, Y, and Z, but then you you stop blaming someone else right? and you start to be like, okay, I'm the one who can rewrite my story. Now I have the pen in my hand. But when you don't take ownership, you're giving the power to someone else. So I really like invite people to just start taking ownership for your life. No one yeah. made that life apart from you. Right. Oh, I love that. And that that kind of leads into my next question. Would you say the first step in starting to look at your limiting beliefs is taking ownership of your life, like looking around and taking stock? I mean, how would you how would you recommend people get started really digging into this for themselves? Yeah, well, first, I would just say, like, be inquisitive, and be like childlike, mm -hmm. see it from more of a playful attitude, rather than from a, oh, this is so serious. Oh, no, another belief. Oh, I can't believe mm -hmm. I've had that. I can't believe I had this belief. Like, guys, it's a game. This is a game yeah. that we're here. It's a playground. Yeah. Just enjoy it. Like, okay, great. I've got another belief around, you know, self-acceptance. I wonder where this is coming from. And just look into it. But don't be like, oh, oh, God, I'm so ashamed for having that belief. Why? Why? What is it serving you to have shame around it? You know, our right. beliefs are just from this life, from any other life. And you wouldn't be on this planet if you didn't have any beliefs that you needed to work through because you would then be in that state of oneness and be able to send and be able to be a guide for others. Yeah. Um, so yes, I, I, I think definitely taking ownership of your life, stop complaining. Complaining yes. is, is a prayer oh. for what you don't want. Like stop complaining. It is the biggest shift you'll ever experience in your life when you start to choose to not complain. When you actively yeah. choose not to complain, that's when your life starts to really change. And if you do are a type of person that does complain, then here you go. You can look at what's my belief system around that. Do um, I feel like I can only receive love if I'm complaining? Do I feel like I can only be seen when I'm complaining? You know, do I not feel heard? And that's the only way I can be heard. So you start to look at it that way. So, yes, yeah, start with ownership and then just start to be inquisitive. So, you know, if you're like fearful of doing something rather than being, oh, I'm afraid, be like, what's the belief system under this? Why? Why am I afraid? You know, why? Why won't I do this? And just start to, yeah, play around. <laughs> yeah. And it's you mentioned something there that I've read that our our subconscious doesn't understand negatives. Yeah. So when you say complaining is a prayer for what you don't want, like if you if you say I don't want to be broke. Your subconscious hears, I want to be broke. Is that accurate? That's, yeah, 100% true. And okay. so when I work with my clients, when we look at like belief systems, which is, um, I would never get them to muscles test. I'm not worthy. I would always say I'm worthy. No. Right. Oh, so like, so yeah. not putting it in a negative. So to not confuse the universe because, hey, don't ask me why there is that thing around like the negatives I don't know the actual reason behind right. that but it is something that I also follow yeah you just don't don't use uh negatives especially when you're manifesting never say oh I don't want I don't want debt or uh, I don't want this job just say oh I want financial freedom and I want a job that brings me joy and happiness um mm. because 
I don't know why, but yeah. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, I, it must have some be something around like words have so much power, and so the main words are what are focused on or something. Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so then, the muscle testing. I want to ask you a little bit more about that. That's really interesting. So you'll have you'll ask someone a question, and then the way that their body moves will tell you like on a subconscious level, if they are saying, if they're answering yes or no to that yeah. question. Yeah. So you know how wow. sometimes people use um, pendulums and you can do like yeah. pendulum work. It's the same thing, except you're just oh, using your okay. body. So you just stand, you say, yes, yes, yes. You move forwards. No, no, no. You may move backwards, right? You say your name. My name's Andrew. I am a teapot. You move backwards. Right. And then, okay. <laughs> <laughs> or you move forwards, depending where you, you are. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and then you can start looking at your belief systems like, you know, the listeners can even do this in their own time. Just bear in mind that you might have some belief systems are stopping you from muscle testing or that are making you feel oh. cynical or may make you think, oh, this isn't working. So you just need to look around that. Right. So just sometimes when I work with my clients, muscle testing doesn't work immediately because there's some fear around it, fear around seeing the truth and stuff like that. So just need to just bear that in mind but then you just say those belief systems so you just stand up and you say I love myself and if you move forward great if you move backwards and you know you have a belief that you don't love yourself and it's something that you can work on but it's something you can take on take with you with everything it's really good if anyone's listening who's like a business owner and has does pricing and stuff if you want to know if you're an energetic alignment to pricing so if you want to change your prices as a coach or whatever you can say like uh, you know, I'm aligned to 200 pounds an hour and see where your body goes. And if it goes, no, it's like, okay, I need to do a bit of digging. Why am I not aligned to this? Where do my belief systems come from this? Do I feel like I'm, you know, ripping people off? You know, you just start to be, I keep saying it, but like the more inquisitive you can be, the more you can really be like a child who's like two and asks questions about everything <laughs> yeah. within your belief system the more you'll be able to just like start to break them down because you're just bringing awareness to them. You're just bringing that kind of inquisitiveness and then they just don't have any foundation to stand on. That's brilliant. I love this. This is just <laughs> such a fascinating conversation. Um, I, I know you use a variety of modalities. So what other modalities do you use with your yeah. clients? So um, predominantly is theta healing. And then I use something called oneness practice. Um, which is uh, like basically around vibrations of people. So I listen to their vibration. I listen to the vibration of their body and then I feel it in my body. So oh. when my client will be shifting, I can feel it in my body. When I can feel like my client isn't shifting, I can also feel it in my body. So I'll be listening to like, okay, so what's going on in there? Okay, so we need to release that. Oh, why won't you, you know, when you start, I just start to talk to the energy inside me and then it's just kind of I guess just intuition I'm just like I guess I'm pretty tapped in and I just listen very closely to what is told to me to really help my client just shift what they need to shift if someone signs up for a one-on-one -on -one session with you what does that look like is it I'm assuming it's over Zoom and yeah. what would that look like for them? Just for someone who's never been to a healer of any kind, who's never had any kind of one-on-one -on -one session like this, what can they expect? So with my clients, you would come to the session. It's all on Zoom. And 
normally you would have something you'd want to work on. So you might be like, oh, you know, I feel really stuck or I feel like I just don't love myself or I really am struggling with money and I really want to shift my money beliefs. And so then we just kind of we have we have a chat about that. And then I I scan the energy. So I scan your energy to see what's going on around those belief systems around money, for example. And I'll be like, oh, okay, there's something around the mum. And so then we'll go like, okay, so, you know, what happened with your mum? Like, what's your mum's perspective on on money? Oh, you know, my mum really hates money. Ah, your mum hates money. Why does your mum hate money? Oh, because she was jealous of our neighbors because they had way more money than us. Ah, okay, so let's go down this route. How was it growing up with that? You know, how did that make you feel? And then just through like kind of talking therapy, mm-hmm. we go through through it. Through, we never go into the trauma. That's not about it. It's not about revisiting trauma. It is about just understanding that, you know, your parents weren't perfect. Your brother and sister weren't perfect. You know, then that there, yeah. there was some flaws. And so then we can just find okay, well, like, what's the belief system here? And then I always check in with my guides, universe source. And I just like, listen, I'm like, okay, so what what, what would be the belief system? What's a bond belief system? And it might be like, oh, I'm, money is for others, but not for me, for example. Mm. And then I get them to muscle test it. And then they'll see, okay, so it is a belief. Right, so now this is a belief system where we're going to work on in our session. So you're going to look at what you're gaining So understanding how is this belief serving you? How is it serving you to believe that others get are allowed it and not you? And so, you know, the client might say, oh, well, it's well protecting me from having no money. So it's better to just not have any than have some and then lose it. Um, It's making me feel like I'm special in some way because I feel like I'm separate to, to others. And so we just kind of go through all of the gains, all of the gains, and then what Mm. the lessons are. What is it trying to teach you? What's your soul trying to teach you around this belief system? And so once that's done, I just take them through, like I said, this meditation. And then that's when they just sit back, relax, and I start to shift things with their permission. And it's kind of a co-created experience. So, you know, I'll say, can the universe release you from the responsibility of having to hold on to your mother's belief systems. Mm. Now I can know that some listeners will be like, well, how can that be? How can you just shift energy? And I think I was exactly in the same spot as you guys when with that thought process. And when you start to understand that everything is energy and that intention can go so far that we are able to shift energy, that we are able to experience love, there are electromagnetic frequency from the internet or from our phone that we're not able to see yet is still there right so energy is always around us um and so when we're working with i'm working with my clients we're shifting things and it's coming just from a place of trust and i mean the proof is in the pudding like all of my clients have had huge huge shifts right but like i can't i'm not here to convince anyone but it's just to just trust and know that we're more than this human experience and when we can tap into that to more the soul level and be able to shift things more in an energetic perspective that's how things um shift so yeah we do that come back down and then we muscle test again so that's basically how how a session goes but you know there's all different forms that may come down like inner child visualization body work it, it really really um depends okay wow and yeah just to to speak 
to what Andrew did say there. The reason that I invited Andrew onto the podcast, a huge part of the reason, is because I just am connected with so many people in the spiritual world that I really respect who have had nothing but amazing things to say about Andrew's services, about his sessions. So it was just like a no-brainer that... Andrew would be the person to talk about limiting beliefs in the unconscious. So it's no. great. <laughs> yes. Thank you very much. Yeah, this is amazing. So I think I think we've covered most of what I have. If there's anything that you would like to add, usually I ask people if there's anything that they would want to say to like real beginners in the spiritual space, like just kind of in the beginning of their awakening. I think first, um, just pull out all of the fear that is linked to it. Release the fear around, I'm going to lose my friends. I'm going to be a different person. I'm not going to be accepted. And know that our lives are constantly changing and nothing is permanent. And yes, when you raise your vibration, when you start to have different perspectives, some people will just naturally fall away. And to not be attached to that, to know that, Those people were there in your life and they were there for a reason and now they're no longer there because they're just non-energetic match, non-energetic frequency and and then they don't match in that way. And I think that was the biggest thing around being having a spiritual awakening is like Mm -hmm. losing people around you. But you don't lose loads, right? You just become super aware of who is there for your highest good. So I guess this is how my partner says it. So some people are sinks and some people are radiators and so you start to realize oh, okay i've got a sink in my life they're really depleting my energy and I'm oh that's so good i love that great oh, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna use that it's so good yes, yes. please do um i'll tell my partner he'll be over the moon um yeah so just this thing and we start to just be a little bit more aware of this who's draining me and actually your energy your frequency is so important. And when you start to really understand how important your energy is, you're not going to tolerate like energy sappers. You're not going to tolerate people complaining around you or drama or gossiping. You're just not going to tolerate it because it doesn't do do your frequency any good. So just bear in mind, be really gentle with yourself. Be open to lots of different things like different modalities follow what feels right to you do not get pulled into anything that makes you uncomfortable that makes you feel like you have to like sign your soul away or you have to pay like an obscene amount of money for for some experience you know just be be wise because the unfortunate thing is also the spiritual world there are some people who do take advantage of others and so it's not so much about the price it's about what their offering and the energy that's behind it so just really just be mindful of of that but to release any fear don't worry just stay in just stay in the positivity yeah no that's i mean that's amazing advice and and absolutely that last bit like use your discernment for sure yeah absolutely and there is i mean that's a great way of putting it it's it is about someone's it's about someone's energy like trust your gut like trust, trust your gut if your something gut. feels if it feels off 
something feels off, it probably is. Yeah. Yeah. Just trust it. Trust it. Trust it. Trust it. And learn to listen to your gut. Learn to listen to, is it fear because there's something wrong with that person? Or is it fear because I'm afraid of stepping into my, into this next part of me? So there's the, there's the game. (laughs) There's where you have to try and like, I would suggest start just trusting your gut with smaller things. So you don't put yourself in any kind of compromising positions. Yes. And actually for anyone listening, uh, I think it's three episodes ago, I have an episode that is about stepping out of your comfort zone. And I discuss that the difference between your intuition and your ego, and sort of being able to to discern healthy fear from uh, the fear that's coming from trying to keep you safe. So mm, go, that's go brilliant. check that, yeah, go check that guys, one out check if you need out information. Sure. <laughs> yeah, that sounds, I'm, I feel like I'm going to check it out. Well, thank you so much, Andrew. This has been such an awesome conversation. I think people are going to love it. And I am going to put in the show notes, um, I'll link to Andrew's Instagram and his website so that you can connect with him if you would like to do that. That so sounds thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much, Brittany, for having me on your podcast. It's been an absolute pleasure. And I hope everyone that's listened has gained some wisdom and just keep smiling, keep shining. You're beautiful.